Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. I'm Taylor and with me as he is every month when we wander back through the hazy halls of our memories growing up in the Bay Area in the 80s and 90s. He's the Euro MTV to my Wobbly Bar. It's my brother Seb. Seb, how's it going? Yonipat Kivanuk. Uh, Gesundheit? Uh, that's 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 the only bit of Hungarian I can remember. It means uh, "hello, how are you?" or "nice to meet you." Oh, Something well, along those then, lines. then I'll then I'll hit you with a "kiora." Kiora, of course. Which Kiora is being uh, Maori for "hello." Oh, okay, excellent. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we've kind of hinted a little bit that we uh, this episode we're going to be going worldwide. We're going to cover both hemispheres of the globe. Indeed. Uh, talking about some of our memories uh, going abroad. The first time you and I respectively went abroad in 1993 and 1994, I guess. Um, yeah. What have you been up to since last month, though? Oh, my goodness. Let's just say a lot of things have changed since we last recorded. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can remember, our last episode was about our memories of Volkswagen vehicles and our family growing up <laughs> in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. So, so are we talking about what's uh, now happening? Previously on. Previously on. Previously on. If memory serves. Well, I think that's probably the biggest news. I mean, I just I'm so excited. We have to talk about it. Okay, well let's let's do that because yeah, a lot has changed since last month. Um, it's been quite the amazing whirlwind. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, last month, our, our, our episode on Volkswagen memories, um, obviously a big part of our lives. And, um, obviously we dedicated our March episode to our grandma March who had passed in the middle of February. Um, well, it turns out that she left each of her kids a little bit of inheritance. And so our folks decided to split that between themselves and you and me mm-hmm. so yeah. it was really cool to be able to say hey rest of the family we're getting this chunk of change and i i just in my mind said well it'll probably go into savings or we'll use it to redo one of the bathrooms you know didn't really think of it much beyond that mm-hmm. and then that it was a monday evening that monday evening i'm sitting on the couch watching tv while Amber and Kobe are out in the backyard. And unbeknownst to me, Amber was like, we should use that money to get another bus. <gasps> and so they were both looking on Craigslist to see what was out there. And so I'm sitting on the couch and I get this text message with a link to uh, a bus for sale. And uh-huh. I'm like, what? Nice. And Kobe's like, what do you think? I'm like, it's nice. It seems like it's all there. And he's, you know, he's like, so you like it? I'm like, yeah he's like do you want it i'm like wait what Uh -uh. (laughs) um and then it yeah basically turned into hey let's do this wow um and so within the span of basically five days Uh i had uh contacted the owner of this bus contacted a few others uh, it wasn't just the one, but we really did like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Saturday the 16th, we went out to go take a look at it. 
And then it was absolute chaos uh, from that point on because we agreed to meet at a certain time. It turned out that he didn't get off work until exactly that time and then he got off work late and then when he did finally get to his parents house um and we go to look at the bus the bus is all the way at the back of this really long garage so there are three motorcycles and three cars in the way Mm -hmm. um if we even wanted to get it out so we look it over there's some stuff that needs fixing for as nice as it looks um but we agree upon a price and then it becomes okay now we need to move all this stuff right so this is now taking the better part of the afternoon um and we get it out take it for a short test drive it shifts kind of funny but i had a a hunch what was up okay um do the paperwork this is um over in san lorenzo which is kind of near castro valley for those of you who know the bay area um, so I have one big hill that I need to drive over to get back into the the Pleasant and Livermore area, the Dublin grade. And um, um, so we do all the paperwork, all that kind of stuff, and boom, we're going to go take off. And And I do my best to get it out onto the highway, and it just it can't build any torque mm-hmm. at all to start climbing. I mean, I am creeping along. It will not build speed. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? Mm-hmm. So I managed to get it going well enough to get to an exit where I know I can take a frontage road. Okay. Get off the main highway. And I am in second gear climbing this hill, basically mm-hmm. in the bike lane. Right. So I can let cars pass and it is completely wound out in second gear. And all of a sudden I look back and I'm just blowing smoke and I'm like, oh. all right, call it, shut it down, call a tow truck. Mm-hmm. This is almost 5 p.m. Okay. that night now or that evening, I guess, because it was just after <laughs> just after the time change. Um, and so call AAA. Because, of course, I've got AAA. I've owned Volkswagens for many, many years. And they're like, okay, yeah, no problem. We'll get you a truck. Uh, it'll be between uh, now and 630. Oh. I'm like, oh, my God. Thanks. Okay. So I, I tell Kobe, I'm like, dude, just go home. Just get back to everybody else. You know, um, you know I'm messaging Amber because the kids are like where's dad um they because we hadn't told them this was all going to be a surprise surprise yeah so i basically hang out in the bus for an hour and a half with no tools and nothing to do um uh, blessedly at least one car out of the hundreds that probably passed me stopped to make sure i was okay and give me a couple of bottles of water yeah i know that was really nice um so yeah pretty much just got to hang out for a while Eventually got towed home, and um, the looks on the kids' faces was just priceless. Oh, that's so cool! I so mean, worth it. I'm just the fact that there's. I mean, just the fact that weeks after we talked in our podcast about how sad it was that there was no longer a Volkswagen in the family. Yeah. The fact that just weeks later that that has reversed itself. <laughs> Not only made me feel like that Grandma Marge was there with us somehow still, mm-hmm. 
but it just it gave me the feeling like balance had been restored to the force you know what i mean yeah totally yeah um, that's so cool man yeah it, it was nice it's it's a 71 uh westphalia camper but it doesn't have a pop top it's just a solid roof okay. uh, what's called a tin top uh westy um a, a, a lot of original parts still on it for as um long a life as it's had which i'm i'm really kind of impressed by um i'm currently working well i'm working on a lot of stuff like getting the engine in shape um literally every i was out there sunday after we bought it working on it i was out all last weekend working on it i'm gonna be out there all this weekend working on it um because we've yet to start it up and drive it around the block yet. <laughs> well, but you know what? That's going to happen. That's gonna, oh, it will totally happen. It will totally happen. But it's one of those things where I go to work on something and I go, oh, this needs to be fixed too. And then I go to work on that and I go, oh, that also needs fixing. Weird footnote. Yes. Our our other grandma, Grandma Jerry. Yes. Was named after uh, the king of Westphalia. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, Napoleon's younger brother, Jerome. I did not realize that he was the king of Westphalia. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. Cool. Um, But I have also been working to um, uh, gather as much history on the vehicle as possible. Um, I've managed to get in touch with two previous owners, not counting the one that I bought it from, but Uh it's not going to be of any use uh, 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 information wise. Cause basically they just parked it in a garage and used it as a hangout room. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Um, I love, I love that like older photo you found with the older paint job where it was seafoam green. Which, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't, if I haven't already mentioned it when I was a child, seafoam green was my all time favorite color. I think everything, I thought everything should be seafoam green. So I got really excited about that now. Right now it's kind of like a cherry, kind of a it's, glossy. It's, it's kind of a metallic red. Yeah, it looks like a candy apple. It, yeah. In a lot of ways it is. Um, it has apparently worn many colors over the years. It, at one time it was actually orange. Well, I hope to soon order the um, the birth certificate, so to speak, from the Volkswagen archives in Germany. And oh, yeah, I... I, I I Can't presume wait. that would have the original color uh, listed. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the original color is pastel white. Oh, so you do know the original <clears throat> color? I do indeed. Um, oh, okay. I'm able to decode what's called the M-code plate oh. uh, on it. And I, I have a, at least according to the plate, because the plates were stamped separately from when the buses were built. Okay. Um, so I have at least an estimation of its build date being November of 1970. Okay. Um. But the birth certificate shows when it actually was produced. I see. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I've rambled on a lot about this. Um, I'm sure I'll talk more about it. Uh, you know, next month we'll have done any number of things to it. Yeah. But the, the best part is the family absolutely loves it. Uh, we're so all cool. happy. Um, and and it feels really good to be working on it. That's again. great, man. Definitely definitely um it, one other piece of previously on um just real quickly just tiny tidbit i'm gonna say take it with a little bit of salt because i i haven't gotten 
further confirmation of this, but I, I have been working to interview a lot of the people who have uh, worked on my favorite surf movie, Ozone, um, and the director of it, Tony Roberts, uh, has been emailing with me and dropped the news on me that he is planning to re-release the film. That's so cool, because it's pretty hard to get, right? Um, yeah, you, you literally you have to track down a VHS copy. Wow, man. It, it never came out on DVD. Okay. Um, so I was like, oh, my God, tell me more. And he's like, I'm on a trip right now. I'll, I'll email you when I get back. And I'm like, it's been weeks worth of not being able to get any news. Mm-hmm. But I well, hope to be bringing more news in the future. Right. Stay, stay tuned. Definitely. And from that, let's swing quickly to the news. <laughs> And ABC News Break brought to you by Budweiser Beer. Stay with us. The late edition is next. So we have got a lot of news, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna say let's let's try to hit this just quick and dirty. Let's knock let's through them, folks. We are gonna have links to everything in the show notes. Please check them out. Buckle in because I think this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> um, first and sadly, we have yeah. to report um, that uh, major crush of Seb's uh, Magenta Divine uh, famed UK TV presenter has passed away at the age of 61. Yeah, very sad. Uh, you Listeners to our show will remember just a couple months ago we had our Valentine's Day episode where my brother and I rattled off some of our childhood crushes. Um, I had a big crush on Magenta. She was a travel host on a BBC television show called Rough Guide back in the 1980s. And unfortunately, just a couple weeks after that happened, she passed away. So it's kind of weird. We do a Valentine's Day episode, and a couple weeks later, someone passes away. We do a Volkswagen episode. A couple weeks later, you buy a Volkswagen. So <laughs> I guess we're on kind of a roll here. I guess we're going to see what happens next. I don't know. I know. This is this is getting a little spooky here, right? Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, well, in, in pretty awesome news, one of our favorite... Uh, bookstores has actually returned to the South Bay Books Incorporated. Exactly. Uh, listeners might remember our very early episode about memories of shopping malls growing up in San Jose and our fond memories of the Books Incorporated uh, 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 store in the Old Town and Country Village Shopping Center, which no longer exists on uh, uh, Stevens Creek Boulevard. Um, and now they've reopened a uh, Books Inc. location in the Prune Yard Shopping Center in Campbell, California, which was also another haunt of ours growing up. So I'm really excited. I hope to go check it out sometime soon. Yeah, most definitely. And I've I've actually I've been in Campbell a couple times over the past couple of weeks picking up uh, uh, VW parts from Peninsula Automotive, and I, I hadn't even thought to run over and check out Books Incorporated. Um, well, if you get a chance, let please let me know what you think. I, I definitely will. I yeah. definitely will. Um, in other news, a um, a previously unknown NES game uh, has now been digitized uh, and finished. Huh. This was a um, an early uh, wrestling game. Okay. Um, that was only in like pre-production. Okay. Um. Uh, it's called UWC. Um, it 
I'm getting the article up here real quick. Sorry about that. Um, so um, it's a prototype of a tag team wrestling game. Okay. Um, there is some footage of the game on YouTube, um, oh. but it was never a completed game. It never saw the light of day. It was never released. Um, and so one of, um, uh, one of the programmers just happened to have it on a cartridge and, and eventually, uh, sold it. Okay. And the, the guy who bought it <clears throat> very much into video game preservation has worked with the video game history foundation, um, to basically, uh, pull a copy of the ROM mm. off of this cartridge and they they literally worked to complete the rest of the game um so it's it's completely digitized now um i i imagine eventually uh that rom file will make its way to the internet so if you've got a nintendo emulator on your computer or your phone you might be able to download and play this never before released game when you were a kid, were you ever tempted to run your finger up the slot of a Nintendo cartridge, the part that you're not supposed to touch? I the never did contacts? It, I, yeah, I always wanted to. You know, I knew oh, you weren't supposed I, to. I probably did at some point. I mean, yeah, because the fingers from your oil, the oils yeah. off your fingers can um, uh, mess with the contacts on there. It was um, like the forbidden fruit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and honestly, blowing on them wasn't a whole lot better because... Um, you know, spit and crumbs yeah. and cheese balls or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there've been a few times where I've had to, uh, you know, halfway take a cartridge apart just to clean up those connectors, uh, now. Um, but other interesting news going back to, I don't remember which episode now at the top of my head, but, uh, Adrian Barbeau, family friend, Adrian Barbeau, uh, is headed back to Swamp, the Swamp, because a TV version of Swamp Thing is in production. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, you know what? Swamp Thing, great film. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't had the pleasure, please check it out. I really hope that this gets pulled off. Um, I really hope that they manage to track down um, the young kid who played... Uh, the guy who ran the weird, like, convenience store in the middle of the swamp. Um, he was, like, my <laughs> second favorite part of that movie. Anyway, this is really big news. I'm really glad you threw this in here. Um, I come across some of the weirdest stories, and, and they always seem to be kind of timed with our episodes. It is kind of synchronistic. And you know what? When we were at Grandma Marge's funeral dinner, post funeral dinner yeah the woman i sat next to was a good friend a childhood friend of our aunt carol and aunt Jeannie. Mm -hmm. and i was so excited to sit next to her because she had tons of adrian barbeau high school stories and it was amazing yeah so good ah yeah so obviously we'll, we'll report on that more when that gets closer to hitting screens totally and um I got. I, I got to say, if the end of the 2010s hasn't been weird enough, I think the beginning of the 2020s is going to be pretty strange too. Because coming in 2021 is going to be a new Sesame Street movie and a Tom and Jerry movie. But well, wait a second! Didn't HBO buy Sesame Street? So isn't this yes. is this like an HBO movie? Um, 
Not necessarily, because uh, give me a moment. Uh, um, so I'm I'm taking this from the uh, daily spoiler post that Gizmodo puts out um, right. every day. Um, or every weekday at least. And so uh, Coming Soon reports that uh, the Sesame Street movie starring Anne Hathaway hits theaters January 20, I'm sorry, January 15th, 2021, while Tim Story's, get this, live action slash animation Tom and Jerry hybrid is scheduled for an April 16th, 2021 release. My God, Tom and Jerry, I haven't thought about them in good 20, 30 years. Right. Gee whiz. Okay, well. So going kind of Who Framed Roger Rabbit style, but with Tom and Jerry. You know what? I'm sure the 20 fans of Tom and Jerry that are still alive are just so <laughs> ecstatic, you know? Right? I just hope they'll survive the shock. Right? Uh, I know. Um, well, speaking of movies coming in the next decade, technically, 2020 counts as the next decade, right? Yeah. Um, as much as we had kind of our fingers crossed for a Christmas release for Bill and Ted 3. Um, it is now officially scheduled for August 21st, 2020. Holy crap. This has got to be like our eighth piece of breaking news about Bill and Ted 3. This is just like a saga. I can't wait till this thing comes out. I know. I know, uh. right? They they actually have released, you know, like official a video on social media, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, you know, talking about... Uh, when it's coming out and all that kind of stuff. Do you think they'll recreate George Carlin using CGI like they did with Princess Leia? I, I don't know, but I, I, I did read uh, separately the other day that the, the actor who played Death in Bogus Journey oh, is yeah. coming back for Bill and Ted 3. I did see that headline as well. Yeah, that would yeah. be interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know what we'll have in terms of, of Rufus... Um, I, I'm sure I have no doubt in my mind that they will pay some sort of tribute to him. Right. Um, because he was such an excellent character and such a great actor. Party um, on dudes. Exactly. Be excellent to each other. You know what else is excellent? <gasps> Segway. Um, not only this year do we get the movie Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh-huh. But there is a... Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark documentary coming uh-huh. on July 16th. So what's the difference between the documentary and the movie? Well, the movie is something fictional. Okay. The documentary, I presume, is telling the story behind the book or the uh, actor. Uh, I'm sorry, not actor, author. The author, Boy, the, I'm tired, the illustrator. Sorry. Yes, the school library bannings, the controversies. Yeah. yeah. It, it, okay. Literally the tagline on the poster is the story of the books that frightened a generation. Probably like some talking heads, like some big time talking heads that kind of grew up in our era. Maybe like a Leonardo DiCaprio or somebody talking about how great the book was or something. Mm-hmm. How much it scared the pants off his little sister or something. Right, right. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So that kind of thing. So watch for that. Watch okay. for that. Um, and, uh, lastly, I told you we were going to hit these, hit these real quick. Um, ABC, TV network ABC is in the early stages of bringing back (laughs) famed game show, Press Your Luck. (laughs) Big money, no whammies. That's right. 
Are they going to have the same animation? That's that's going to be a make I, or break for me. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Because obviously I've got the feeling they will update it in many ways. But if that animation is like, oh, they're 3D now. And you know, I'm like, no. It, it's got to be that same, you know, bad overlay 80s hand-drawn animation. That's the only way that I'm going to buy into this. Holy freaking crap. You know, if you go on eBay, sometimes I look at animation art for sale, like the okay. old animation sells. Like, and I've always been tempted, but I've never pulled the trigger. But, oh, my gosh, can you just imagine, like, if there was an animation sell of one of the whammies? Oh. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I wouldn't spend on that. Right? That's a good question. Oh, my God. Jeez. Well, is this going to be hosted by Snoop Dogg by any chance? Do you know? I, I don't know. Okay. I right. don't know. I I doubt it will be. Okay. Uh, by Snoop Dogg specifically, I'm sure they will have a host of some kind. All right. Couldn't tell you who. Um, Bob Barker. But, Bob Barker. Uh, He's still around. He is. All right. Robot Bob Barker. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's have get... Have your whammy spayed or neutered. Yes, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to have your whammy spayed or neutered. <laughs> See you next time. Good night. Next time. Uh, oh boy let's get right. into this man this time on if memory serves we are talking about our people to people student ambassador trip memories people to people <laughs> i just love the name okay so people to people now most of our listeners you dear listeners loyal listeners you you probably will be able to relate to many of the topics we've dealt with topics about movies we've liked or cartoons we've watched things you might be familiar with it's probably a fair bet that many of you haven't heard of people to people so let me give you some background information <clears throat> according to the eisenhower presidential library the people to people program was established by president eisenhower in september uh, september 11th 1956 to enhance international understanding and friendship through educational, cultural, and humanitarian activities involving the exchange of ideas and experiences directly among people of different countries and diverse cultures. And over half a million U.S. students have traveled abroad as quote-unquote student ambassadors through the People-to-People program. However, according to Consumer Reports, quote, a New York Times story dated June 10, 1958, stated that the People-to-People Foundation was formed to implement a 1956 proposal by President Eisenhower to promote international understanding. That nonprofit foundation, the paper wrote, was organized in 1957, and a 1958 Times article stated that the foundation had recently dissolved because, quote, it had served its purpose. <laughs> According to ConsumerAffairs.com, they found records in the Missouri Secretary of State's office that revealed a nonprofit organization also called People to People International, founded to, quote, encourage and promote in every way possible contacts between citizens of the United States and people of other lands, was incorporated in 1961. President Eisenhower's name, however, is not listed on those records. And in 2006, People to People International sent a recruitment letter to the parents of an Earl Gray in Arkansas, which stated that Earl was named for a student ambassador trip overseas. Earl Gray, however, was the couple's one-eyed white pet cat. He had actually died 10 years earlier and is buried in the family's backyard. He was 14 years old. What? So oh, what? So People to People is an organization that 
um, sponsors group trips abroad for um, high school aged American students to go to different countries for several weeks for a fairly hefty price tag to explore other cultures and meet people and that kind of stuff. So I, I want to go back to this whole like uh, Eisenhower thing real quick because this this kind of reeks of some sort of uh, cover up. I feel like I feel a conspiracy yep. theory brewing here. Well, I, my memory, um, of course, as we're going to talk about tonight, you went through a people to people exchange abroad trip thing in nineteen ninety three. Of course, me being the young brother, I had to go on mine the next year because anything you did that was cool, I had to do, to be fair. <laughs> and I seem to recall a lot of the literature and paperwork and bric-a-brac that I got had Eisenhower's name all over the place. Likewise. Yeah. Likewise. They really kind of played up the whole thing like, ooh, your child has been selected to be this Eisenhower student ambassador thing. Please send the check to P.O. Box, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's let's also not forget this is the the same Eisenhower that that allegedly you know struck a deal with the uh, the Greys uh, to exchange people for technology. So maybe we didn't actually go overseas, but we went interstellar, and we just think we went overseas. Thanks, ancient aliens guy. Hey, I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was well, aliens. Well, like aliens in terms of non-Americans, I guess. I don't see, know. see, I rest my case. But I mean, seriously, though, I mean, people to people, I remember it being this whole thing where you actually had to have classes weeks mm-hmm. before you took off classes in a classroom where you learned about the other country's culture and wrote little papers and read essays and crap like that. Is that fair? Is that what your memory was as well? Yeah, or? I mean, I, I remember there being pre-trip meetings right um and and yeah i mean it was i think they were i'm pretty sure they were monthly it was you know the, the couple months leading up to the trip how did you even get hooked into people to people i only went because you went so I, I don't know how you know you i honestly i honestly don't remember i can't remember if something came in the mail or if right. there was something at school that was like talking about it um, but I, I do remember, I mean, it, I mean, we're talking $1993 at yeah. this point. It was, it was somewhere between about four and $5,000. Yeah. I asked mom what she remembered and she thought six, but yeah, that's about right, I guess. Yeah. Well, mom. and you know, much like school tuition, it tends to creep up every single year. So I wouldn't be surprised if yours was a little bit more than mine. Possible. Um, so, so yeah, should we, should, should we go chronologically? Should I go through mine? Yeah, let's do it. You tell, you tell about your trip and then I'll tell about my trip. Okay. Okay. So my trip, um, it was, um, basically a contingent from, um, pretty much the South Bay. Uh Um, and, um, also part of our group was, um, a small group from a high school in Arizona, okay. uh, down in Phoenix. Um, so, <clears throat> and actually I didn't know anybody on my trip. Like I was the, the only, like the only one from my school going mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, and you're like about 14, right? Maybe 14? Uh, no, 1990, summer of 93, I was 16. I was 16. Wow. Okay. I was 16. 
Um, and um, sorry, doing math in my head. Yeah, sixteen. Okay. <laughs> um, Twenty six years ago. Let's just say oh. that. I know, right? All right. So the trip ran from July seventh to July twenty eighth. Okay. Okay. Um, and of course, remember that we were going from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere, so we were going from you know nice, warm, hot summer up here in California to winter yeah. in New Zealand and Australia. Although by the time we got up to uh, Queensland and the and the Great Barrier Reef, it did not feel like winter because mm. you're you're so close to the tropics there. So our outbound flight, get this, okay. San Francisco to LA. Okay. Um, LA, they actually had a nonstop to Auckland, New Zealand, but were we on it? No. <laughs> this was LA to Honolulu, Hawaii, to Nandi, Fiji. Okay. Then to Auckland, New Zealand. Oh my goodness. That was about 25 hours, including stopovers. Holy crap, your butt must have died. I okay, I'm I at that point in my life, uh-huh. I was not a flyer. Okay. I had flown the year before because we went to visit grandma in Florida, right. right? I had flown for the very first time the year before that. When grandpa almost killed you. When grandpa, yeah. <laughs> we were in a Piper Cub. Apparently, there's one difference between pre-war and post-war Piper Cubs, and they switch. Like the throttle and the fuel mixture handles, and he thought we were in one, we were in the other. <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. Right? We survived. That's what matters. Um, uh, so, yeah, I was not a big flyer. Okay. And um, obviously, there wasn't a lot of technology to distract ourselves. You know, I had I had my cassette player and, you know, a, a, you know, a case logic case of like 10 or 15 cassettes. Right. Um, and, and then I probably, I'm pretty certain I probably brought some of the Doctor Who New Adventure novels, uh-huh. uh, that I'd been reading at the time in order to distract myself. I might've had some magazines. I don't know, um, if they were any magazines at all, they were probably like hot VWs or something. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I, I definitely remember books. I definitely remember cassettes. That was it. That was that was all the entertainment, and then it was trying to sleep because it was such a long trip. Okay. Um, now, when we had our stopover in Fiji, okay. Um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't leave the terminal or anything, but it was a four-hour stopover. It was actually a really long stopover. Um, I got to see a Fahitian sunrise. Oh, I was there for sunrise. Um, wasn't a lot open, but there was a snack bar. Um, and I remember just kind of marveling at, at, at all these, you know, like candies and chips and stuff that were not the ones that we had in America. Uh Um, and I specifically remember getting a candy bar called a wobbly bar. Okay. And this was a, this was a Cadbury product. Um, that was very short-lived actually um okay. it 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 a lot of cadbury stuff you know dairy milk caramellos right they've been around forever the okay. wobbly bar had a very short life and it was one of those things that i never saw again and for a very long time 
even uh-huh. scouring the internet, I could not find any evidence of it. So I was really doubting. Maybe you misremembered it. Um, or... Yeah. I mean, maybe it was something else and we just, you know, called it a wobbly bar or whatever. And, you know, only recently did I actually come across a uh, YouTube boasting of a <gasps> wobbly bar commercial. No way. Yeah. Um, and I, I tell you what, I, I've got the link for that handy. Let's let's give that a listen real quick. Yeah, let's do it. Enter the world of virtual reality with Cadbury Wobbly Bar. Come soon to a town near you. Was that just weird or what? So break it down for me. What did it taste like? <clears throat> Honestly, I don't remember all that much. Okay. You know, it wasn't, it, 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 it was a chocolate bar, yeah. you know, um, and, and it was um, Cadbury and it was a little crispity crunchity. No, wait, that's Butterfinger, <laughs> right? Crispity crunchity pe- peanut buttery. So what, there was a peanut butter flavor. No, there wasn't. Butterfinger oh, there wasn't. had a peanut butter flavor. Butterfinger. I was doing the whole crispy crunchy thing, and then it reminded me of Butterfingers. Oh, so um, it was just chocolate. It was yeah, just chocolate. it was just okay. a chocolate bar. Um, have you ever had an Arrow bar? I have had an Arrow bar. Those are really good. Yeah, those are the bomb. Dude. I like those a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, let's see. Um, trying to think of other stuff that was kind of going on at the time. Um, that we were traveling there. Um, well, I, I, let's, I, I don't know. Let's, I let's mean, get, you, you, you found, ahead. you, you were lucky enough to find your old itinerary, the paperwork you actually originally had, mm-hmm. this whole mm-hmm. event, which helped inform a lot of the memories for tonight's episode, I think. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I've got, and I've got, I've even got notes on it where if something got moved around to another day. I actually made a note of that on the itinerary. Okay. I gotcha. Um, I honestly, I remember I fell in love with New Zealand right from the get go. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful country. Um, and everybody there, I remember being really nice. I loved the freedom we had at Mm. times just to kind of walk around the city. So, um, day one in Auckland, um, was at the Marine Education and Recreation Center called Merck. Um, there were science lessons, team building stuff. Um, this is one of those things day one and two got swapped on the itinerary. So for, for whatever reason there was a scheduling conflict and they're like, okay, well we're going to do this stuff today. And we're going to do that stuff tomorrow. Okay. Um, so, so that was fun. And, um, you know, it was just kind of getting, getting adjusted, getting adjusted to being in another country, getting adjusting to being in another time, um, uh, getting over the jet lag, um, and what actually didn't help that was being woken up very, very early uh, on the morning of day two because um, our great grandmother had passed. Oh, that sucks. And mom and dad were calling to let me know. Oh. Um, and and while yes, it was sad, I was also really tired. So it's like I kind of took it in, <laughs> and then. Day two happened, and it all kind of just went out of my mind. Right. It's like, good, good night. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so uh second day went up to a place called mount eden um which is a an old uh like extinct caldera oh wow uh a mountain you could actually kind of like walk down into uh the middle like of the, it like the crater yeah or whatever. yeah oh wow um uh, we did a place called Kelly Tarleton's Underwater World. That sounds so cool. Was it like a like? Did they have like dolphin shows or something? Or no, what? no, 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 no. It was it was um, almost more of an aquarium. Oh, okay. Sea life and stuff. Um, visited the Auckland War Memorial Museum. Uh huh. Um, honestly, don't remember a lot of that. I uh, looking back at the pictures I took, some of it, it was like, why did I take pictures of that? Why right. do I have no pictures of this other place that we visited? <laughs> Right, um, right. Because not, it wasn't digital. Yeah, I, I think I think I had nine disposable cameras. Okay, to get me through the entire trip. So I literally had to be like, okay, I can only take this many pictures a day. Right. You know, and I literally had to ration them. Uh-huh. Um. So anyway, um. So toward the end of day two, we traveled up to the uh, town of Rotorua. Okay. Um, Rotorua is amazing. Has a big, beautiful lake. Lots of thermal pools. Um, you know, and it's fun to say. And it's fun to say exactly. Rotorua is fun to say. Um, a lot of of uh, Maori um, art centers and culture centers. Um, and they're kind of like the indigenous people out they there. They are. Right? They are. Okay. They're the indigenous people. Of New Zealand. Um, You've heard a lot of their voice talent if you saw the movie Moana. Um, Or like the Star Wars prequels. Or the Star Wars prequels. Because the guy that played Boba Fett. Oh, Boba Fett's father was like Miori, wasn't he? I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, So when we were in uh, Rotorua, we uh, actually got to stay on a um uh, we got to stay in a maori village okay um so we stayed at the the tarafai mare um this is the one thing i love about the maori language and one it's beautiful is it, it, really? it oh it's a completely beautiful language just to listen to um but like the one thing that i'll never forget that when you see the letters wh together right uh-huh. we go what right? right like what yeah. right they pronounce it like an f Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So we got introduced to Maori culture. I was on the shore of uh, Lake Rotoiti, um, and I and I I remember like there was already kind of like a group forming. Like I was I was I was making friends, and we were all hanging out together. Mm-hmm. Um, many of whom I'm still friends with today. Who are some of these people? Um, <clears throat> oh my gosh. Um, there's a gal from Arizona. Her name's Kim. Um, uh, Michelle, Joy, Rajan, um, Debbie. There's a kid named Dwayne. Um, oh, there's a gal named Shannon. She went to Lincoln High School, kind of yeah. like right in our neighborhood there. Um, and so this was like your little clique within this, the tour this, group. Yeah, this this was kind of kind of our group that that we formed, and we would kind of hang out and uh do stuff together as 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 much as we could because there'd always sometimes be you know different science lessons and different people would be doing different things 
Um, but yeah, this was kind of our group that we formed on this trip. Um, but like we would, we'd be hanging out by the roadside, um, you know, chucking rocks into the lake and stuff. Um, uh, just kind of soaking it all in. It just, it was so, it's so green and so lush Okay. in New Zealand. Um, now when you arrive at the Marae, um, it's tradition uh, for the hosts to basically greet with song and then uh, the guests do the same. Now, no one told us about this ahead of time. <laughs> so we're kind of on the spot and we, you know, we, we've just been greeted with this absolutely beautiful uh, uh, traditional song. And, and we respond with a very poorly done um, uh, Star Spangled Banner. Star because Spangled it's, Because it, it's all anybody could think of. Oh, no way. Like Are you we, serious? Oh, God. It was, oh, it was embarrassing. Yeah, because that's the worst, because nobody knows the second or third verses. You guys should have done, like, the themes to the Dukes of Hazard or something I, like that. Man, it was... Yeah, we were all kind of on the spot, and we're like, um, I don't know. And then that's somebody so just kind funny. of started, and we all just kind of, like, picked up together. Um... Oh, so awesome. f- following that, there is the traditional hongi, which is the the uh, the greeting. What's called the pressing of noses. What? Yes. No way. It 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 it's actually much more dignified than I'm making it sound. Oh, that's so cool. But if like if we were to greet each other, it, it's kind of just like pressing your forehead and your nose together, mm-hmm. you know, and just just kind of like like touching heads, just taking a moment. You know, and kind of honoring that that kind of connection mm-hmm. that you all have. Um, so there was that um, dinner was kind of like um, it was the 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 dug pit. Um, you know, lay out the coals, stick a, a pig or something mm-hmm. down in there called the hangy. Um, and that and that was that was a lot of fun. And and we we stayed the night in their main meeting hall. Okay. Um, and of course, it's it, it's all decorated with big uh, 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 traditional uh, artwork and everything. Uh, it was gorgeous. That's awesome. Man. Just gorgeous. Yeah. So so day three, we're still in Rotorua. Uh, we got to the Maori Arts and Crafts Center. Uh, we we visited uh, this this big village called the Faka Rewarewa village and uh thermal pools um there's they that that whole area there's a gondola uh mm-hmm. that you take up to the top of this mountain and we had lunch at this uh a place called the skyline restaurant um and then to get down i mean there's obviously multiple ways down you can take the you know gondola back down but they 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 had luge rides Oh, that's awesome. Um, so we took the luge down, um, and that, that was fun. There's actually, there's lots of video, um, on YouTube of, uh, it, it's, they've updated it since then. Was it really um, cold? It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, you're, you know, July, you're almost middle of winter mm-hmm. there, and we're on the southernmost part of our trip. Even Sydney is more north. Mm-hmm. Uh than uh than new zealand um so um yeah it was jackets long pants Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff um 
let's see day four we're still in Rotorua we went to a place called the Rainbow Farm to see what you know farming in New Zealand is like uh we got to see some native wildlife was it like uh, a sheep farm or it was it like was a, it was yeah. sheep uh there was actually a sheep shearing demonstration oh my god of all things yeah um and in fact one of one of the pictures uh we, we did a big group picture okay. uh at rainbow farms uh, it's you know one of those things that i'd probably had in a five by seven frame for a really long time um and and one of the things that i i'm always most entertained by is that we we asked our bus driver to be in the photo with us he was a really really cool dude really not knowledgeable yeah um and we, we just liked him he was just a cool guy you know he's yeah. he's merry um and uh yeah we just you know we just considered him part of the group we're like come on be in the picture with us when you're in new zealand did it look anything like night of the red hunter um yeah did it really oh yeah oh that's so cool oh yeah it it um i seem to remember at one point in my life likening um what new zealand on average looks like especially when you get out of the big city and kind of into some of these smaller communities it it in a lot of ways almost feels like you're stepping back in time that's so cool um there there was a lot of times where i was like you know everything just feels so you know quaint and old but at the same time you know it's modern day there's modern cars around you know there's uh you know computers and stuff but it it just everything just kind of felt older slower paced more relaxed especially out in the country when i lived with our cousins in england they would always tell me that new zealand was let what new zealand today is what britain was like in the 50s and a lot of people yes. in britain would move to new zealand because they wanted to capture that memory or whatever yeah. i can totally see that i can yeah. totally see that um so it was at this point that we left Rotorua and headed to the uh, town of Cambridge uh, for our homestays. Now, what is a homestay? Uh, a homestay is basically you uh, spend a night and part of a day with a local family. Okay. Right? Uh, they take you in, entertain you a bit, feed you, set you up for the night. Um, so you can see what quote unquote life is like with, a an actual, you know, New Zealander family. Right. Right. Um, and if I remember right, it was, it was me and one other boy. I think they had two of us mm-hmm. in the house. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, it, it's funny cause I don't really remember a ton wow. from the homestay. Okay. Um, I, you know, nice enough folks. Uh, 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 you know, the dinner and everything was nice and just, it it was, I do remember, you know, trying to, um, you know, having conversation, but, and I'm normally a pretty outgoing person, but I remember being kind of like, just trying to talk about what interests we have. Oh, what do you guys watch on TV? You know? And, and I, I I remember that was kind of like the topic we got stuck on. It's like, (laughs) you know, they they got a lot of American shows just imported over. Okay. Um, and I I seem to remember you know they they were a number of years behind on The Simpsons or something like that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so the day after that, day five now, uh, left our homestays, headed to the town of Fitianga, okay. uh, which is up on the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand. And I, I love this town so right. much. Fitianga, man, if, if, if you just walked up to me and were like, Taylor, you get to retire anywhere you want in the world. We will handle everything in terms of moving you to wherever that is. This is the town I would pick. Why did, why, what was so cool about Fidianga? It it was beautiful and quaint and right on the water. Um, Sounds peaceful. Oh, it so was. Um, you know, you get dolphins in the estuary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is it is one of those towns where, like say like Santa Cruz, there's an off season and an on season. Now in the off season, it's quiet it's small but then the on season hits and and literally like all the vacationers show up okay and and you know the the size of the town like triples um i wasn't there in the busy season i was there in the quiet season which Mm. is why i fell in love with it Mm -hmm. um so yeah we we did a bunch of science stuff at the bay of plenty polytechnic um we passed through the town of thames on the way there of course, I have no pictures of Thames, oh. but we passed through the Thames. Um, so uh, day six, we're still in Fidianga. This is Dad's birthday, so this is the 14th of July. Um, we visited a place called Cathedral Cove, uh, which is hugely popular. Um, one of the more famous kind of like um, landmarks in that region. Um we did a uh, uh, a hike uh, up a I, I want to say mountain, but it, it wasn't over two thousand feet. So up, up a giant hill um, to an old the the basically the remnants of an old Maori village. Um, the yeah dinner was at it was supposed to be at one particular place, but I think that place had gone out of business or something, and so so like I jotted in my itinerary that we actually had dinner at a place called PJ's Bar and Bistro. <laughs> um, now, there was a, a marine ecology talk, but I also remember that this place, like, as that was winding down, like, they were starting to, like, wind up for, like, karaoke or something. Nice. Like, it was one of those things where, like, they, they kind of, like, last minute were like, oh, sure, sure, we'll host you, come on over. You know, it's like, okay, you guys are getting done. We're We're getting set up for the uh the rest of the stuff we but i what i remember most about fitting is where we stayed we stayed at a a a little place called the kingfisher lodge Uh um and this i mean if there was a place that looked more like a british motor lodge from the 1950s Uh it was this place okay it was it was so cool like our our little our little rooms it wasn't like a motel where, you know, like you have like a little backyard that's completely fenced in and it's separate from the other rooms. Like all the rooms kind of opened up just onto this, you know, back area. And each place had a, you know, like a couple of uh, uh, reclining chairs or some other tables. It was that kind of thing that when you went outside, you were encouraged to interact with the other people who were staying there. Mm. Um, and, and just us being a big group anyway, um, it was great. You know, it, it was neat just to kind of have that time just to kind of hang out and just 
in this particular location. I, I absolutely just fell in love with it. Okay. Um, the next day, we're still in Fidianga. I mean, I remember having some opportunity to explore the town. So, you know, we're, we're going into shops, getting snacks, looking for... Uh, um, postcards postcards yeah thank you um uh just any you know anything and everything we're just kind of you know souvenirs whatever uh-huh. and i you know i didn't write it down but i just remembered we at some point must have gone into a bookstore okay i may have at this point already burned through the books that i brought um but i remember going into this bookstore and i picked up a couple of bookmarks specific to the store Mm. right they were just like 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 a giveaway Mm -hmm. uh item and i still have them oh no way i i yeah i remember i laminated one of them um because you know it's just done on cardstock so it's one of those things where if you're using it a lot it's going to wear out um uh but i remember laminating one of them, it just, you know, had this little hand-drawn thing and just, you know, this little thing about, uh, you know, your memories of Fidianga and just the address and stuff of the bookstore at the bottom. Mm. Um, and it's, I, yeah, to this day, still have it. It's tucked up in a box somewhere. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'd forgotten about that. Um, and I'm pretty sure this day we took a trip down the road to a place called Hotwater Beach. Okay. So... Um, you know, New Zealand being as geologically active as it is, um, this was a beach that you could go to this beach, dig a hole, you know, not even, you know, maybe a foot down mm-hmm. and the water that comes up through the sand mm-hmm. is warm. Mm. You, you're, you're basically like making yourself a hot tub. I like that. Yeah. It That's was really cool. cool. And of course yeah. it's, it's cold enough that the air itself is cold enough that it's, you know, it's all steaming yeah. and everything. But here we are, you know, all in our swimsuits hanging out in like this giant dug sand hot tub. But if you got out and ran into the ocean, the ocean is freezing cold. Okay. I got right? you. Um, a trip. Oh, it totally was. Wow. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was really, really neat. Um, uh, and I also, I, I think this was also the town where I found a particular candy called Minties. Wow. What's, I, what's a Minty? Is it like a Junior Mint? N- um, no, because a Junior Mint is covered in chocolate. Right. And has a very sugary mint flavor center. This is more like a, almost like a mint taffy. Oh, weird. It's a little bit harder than a taffy, but it beca- if you just kind of like keep it in your mouth for a little while, it becomes more taffy-like once it warms up. Um, and they were delicious. Oh my God. I love these so much, um, that many years later when I worked at the Australian store, um, Mm -hmm. and, and we stocked minties, Mm. um, yeah, I would buy them pretty frequently. And in fact, even just this year down at Gallifrey one, I happened to be walking past a table where somebody was uh, doing a signing or, or, or something. I forget what it was. And they had a bag of minties out. And I was like, mm. Oh my God, I have not seen these in forever. Mm. Told the story of how I was introduced to them. And she was like, Oh yeah, yeah. A friend brought these for me here. Have a few. And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. Awesome. Oh yes. So good. Cool. So good. Um, so now we're getting into day eight. 
We left Fidianga. We stopped in the town of Tairua for a nature cave visit with the um, at, at least locally famous Kiwi Dundee. What's that? Uh, well, I mean, he's he's like, like Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, like like, he, but he's the New Zealand. No way, Crocodile Dundee. Did he look uh, like Paul Hogan? Not at all. Oh. Not at all. Um, but it was it was again it was a nature experience. Kind of went to these caves. There were um, there were glow worms. Oh, that's awesome! Bioluminescent uh, worms on the ceiling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I literally I took one picture because we're in the dark, you know. And uh, there were these very large insects. Wait, that's that photo I saw where there's this whole bunch of insects that looks like something out of a nightmare. Yep. Holy crap. That was this trip. Yeah, that's terrifying. A little bit. A little bit. Um, And then from there, it was back to Auckland and and the hotel that we were staying at to prep for the trip to Sydney. Now, your time in New Zealand, if I imagine in my mind's eye a map of New Zealand, I seem to recall... A big, big southern island and a kind of smaller northern island, right? Yes. So I, I couldn't vouch you? for... We were on the northern part of the North Island. Okay. At any point, were you on the big southern bit? Nope. Okay, because you're in the north bit. Okay, I gotcha. Nope. I gotcha. And, and even then, we were in the north part of the north bit. Okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, in the grand scheme of New Zealand, we only covered a very small portion of it. But it sounds like a beautiful portion. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing country. Um, so, let's see. Day nine, uh, left the hotel after breakfast, took a trip to the Auckland Zoo. Flight to Sydney was that evening. Okay. Um, so by the time we're in Sydney, a bunch of us has gotten sick at this point oh. in the trip. Air travel, man. Yeah. You know, and and going from summer to winter, our yeah. bodies getting all thrown off. So amazingly enough, one kid in the group um, of I will say Chinese heritage um, uh, found a Chinese herb shop in Sydney um, and got a tea that claimed to cure all manner of stuff. Okay. Right. Um, Like I, I swear the box was like, it cures cancer kind of thing. Um, And he brought it back to the room, made a bunch up for everybody who was, you know, under the weather. Okay. Tasted like crap it was just the nastiest tasting stuff mm-hmm. um but it totally worked really like i like the next morning i woke up and i did not feel feverish my energy was up and i think by the day after that i was like i, I feel fine you know that's interesting i thought there was an episode of perfect strangers where balky had a similar kind of homebrew recipe for the common cold or something and like there it totally worked probably is something like that yes Wow, that's awesome, man. Okay. <laughs> you remember it. more Perfect Strangers than I do. Um, so first day in Sydney, let's see, we did a, a visit to the Powerhouse Museum. Think kind of like the, the Discovery Museum in San Jose. Okay. Um, but geared for slightly older, kind of like the Exploratorium. Exploratorium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think about yeah. that. Um, we did the Sydney Aquarium. Okay. Uh, we did the Australian Wildlife Park where we could hold a koala. Wait, you've held a koala? I've held a koala. Like, not a stuffed koala, but like a live koala? I've hold, I've held both a stuffed koala and a real koala. Holy shit, I am so jealous right now. That's so cool. <laughs> what was it like? What did it feel like? Did it pee on you? Was it no, sleepy? thankfully it didn't pee on me. Okay. Um, you know, he was, even though koalas can be kind of vicious if you kind of piss him off, this one was uh-huh. really chill, really mellow. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, it's just, 
I, I liken it to holding uh, a one-year-old. <laughs> okay. It's a similar weight. Oh, okay. The okay. one-year-olds are less fuzzy. Less fuzzy. Um, oh. But yeah. Holy cat, that's just... Oh. Well, I'm about to top it. Because I saw a Tasmanian devil for the first time. No, wait a second. They do not spin around like the cartoons. I'll tell you that right now. So you mean that's a real thing? Mm-hmm. There really is an animal called a Tasmanian no way. There absolutely is. And in fact... What, what it look like? Um, short, squat, four legs, dark fur. Like a dog? No. No, short and squat. More, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i almost like thinking pig? more like a wombat. Because it's furry. I'm not sure if I know what a wombat looks like. You'd either. have to I'm Google s- it. Oh, okay. Just, All right. just don't Google image search wombat. Google image search Tasmanian devil. Yeah, but I'm um, going to get... You know what I'm going to get? You, I'm gonna you'll get you'll probably get both. Character. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So, did you get to hold that one? No. Oh. No. In fact, the only the only reason I turned around and and saw them in the first place is because I swear I heard a woman screaming, like I thought something was going on. So I turn around and here is here's these two Tasmanian devils like getting into a uh, uh, like a screaming match. Like one is like you know standing the other one down like out of their little like hutch uh-huh. in this, you know, in their enclosed zoo area. Okay. And it was like screaming, like, you know, get out of my face kind of thing. But the scream of a Tasmanian devil sounds like the scream of a woman. Apparently. Oh, that's so disturbing. At least, at least to my 16 year old ears, it did. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, it was okay. crazy. Okay. You know, so obviously they had all the, all, all the other normal stuff, you know, kangaroos and uh, marsupials and whatever. Okay. Um, so the next day we left Sydney for a place called Tugalong Station. Now I know that sounds a little dirty. It's not. Don't worry. Um, it's about two and a half hours away up in the Blue Mountains. Um, this was like going to see like a working ranch, okay, kind of thing. Um, there was a a four by four excursion. We all got to pile into like some old Ford Broncos or something and um, head down to the. Uh, River, there's bushwalk and some wildlife spotting. You went, you went on a bushwalk at Tugalong Station, yeah, right? I know. Doesn't that sound horrible? A bushwalk at Tugalong Station. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. We centered again. Uh, so yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was. I mean, that that was nice. That was fun. Um. Spent the night there. It was kind of nice. Kind of watching the sunset over. Um. Um the wilds of the blue mountains mm-hmm. um out there so the next morning it was uh breakfast some free time there uh just to kind of hang out and explore and then back to the hotel in sydney okay. um, what's what, what sydney like what's sydney like paint me a picture i mean it's a big city obviously it, it right? is it, it's it's a big city um you know uh think san francisco Half San Francisco, half Vancouver. Okay. Um, you know, it, it it's a big city. Um, lots of tall buildings, much like San Francisco, but it's not as packed in. Okay. Like San Francisco is. They they've got more. They've obviously they've got more land to work with mm-hmm. there. So you're not feeling quite as claustrophobic um, when you're when you're down at ground level amongst all these big buildings. Um. So day after that, day thirteen. Now we had half a day of sightseeing. Went down to Bondi Beach, okay. um, which is a very, very, very famous beach. 
in that area. Um, we got to see the Opera House, which I'm, I wasn't thrilled that they were doing some construction at the time. So it's like, oh, oh. I want to take this beautiful picture of the Opera House, but here's this scaffolding in a crowd. Yeah, it's got like scaffolding on it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, not... okay, oh well. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Um, so we also got to explore what's called the Rocks area. Right. Um, it's, it's kind of the, uh, it, it's, I think it's the earliest settlement part of Sydney. It's kind of down by the foot of the Sydney Harbor bridge. Like old town. Like yeah. Old town. Yeah. Like old town. It's called it old okay. town, Sydney, right? Like old okay. town, Sacramento. Okay. Um, and then the afternoon of this day was like total free time. They're like, you guys can explore, do whatever you want. And it's funny looking back, you know, 26 years, I'm like, man. They, they trusted a bunch of 16-year-olds to just mm-hmm. wander around a foreign city yeah. all on their own. Yeah, have fun, kids. Be back at whatever. Yeah, exactly. But this was the time that I used to uh, meet up with someone named Samantha and her 63 bus from the local combi club. So did you, before you went on the trip, reach out to people in the Volkswagen community in Australia? And yes. And like, let them know you were coming and you want to meet them? Yes. That's awesome. And and I and I I must have done it all by snail mail because I don't we didn't have email yet. I don't think we had because our first we first had AOL that was our first. Yes, and that was and that came after this trip. I thought that was like ninety five maybe. It or... I don't even know I don't think it was that late I 96. think it was late ninety four early ninety or I'm sorry late ninety three early ninety four but okay. I could be wrong on that. Wow, that's amazing. I know, I know. It it totally blows my mind that I was able to actually like make those kinds of connections That's without cool. the internet. <laughs> um, that night, uh, we had a, a, a dinner cruise. Ooh. So we were out on, out on the, uh, the Sydney Harbor, okay. uh, getting to kind of scope the whole city and the bridge and everything at night, uh, and having dinner on a boat. Uh, the next morning, however, it was up early in Sydney to catch our flight up to the city of Cairns. Okay. I know in the notes it looks like it says Cairns, but it's pronounced Cairns. Where's Cairns? Like up in the... the northern part of Queensland. Okay. Um, this it probably probably still is the uh, northernmost largest city on the Queensland coast. Okay. So we're we're getting up into Great Barrier Reef territory up here. So Sydney now Sydney's New South Wales, right? Yes, and that's like the the southeast corner bit. Uh, yeah. So now you're like the northeast corner bit. Correct. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Correct. Okay. Um, I mean, there is stuff further south from Sydney, okay. you know, but it's not quite middle of the country. Right. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. You were right. Um, so it, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, obviously, you know, my eye, one of the first things that I glom on to once we get into Cairns is we, we went somewhere where there was like uh, campsites nearby. Okay. Um, and I'm like, oh, hey, look, an old bus. I'm going to take a picture of this old bus. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I, I think... This was kind of getting settled, settled into Cairns. Probably did a little bit of sightseeing. Um, but Cairns was not going to be our base of operations. We took the ferry 
over to a place called Fitzroy Island. Okay. Um, and we'd be here for almost the next week. Um, so there was a whole big science packet, you know, lesson, all sorts of different activities uh, to be done. Um, and in fact, I still have <laughs> this folder. I just imagine you with like a butterfly net, a clipboard, and like a little helmet or something. No, it was nothing like being at Camp Chickawana. Okay. Um, <laughs> at all. Um, it was, it was, if anything, it was more um, either flora and fauna. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a little bit of geology, if I remember right. Okay. Um, but there was a, obviously a lot of marine stuff because you're on the Great Barrier Reef now. Okay. Um, Didn't that, like, die or something? It's in the process of dying. That's horrible. It is horrible. God. It is very horrible. You can tell your... You you get to tell your kids that you once saw the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. When it was, like, still chugging along. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. If I think about it too much, I'm going to get really depressed. No, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um... So, despite the fact that it was winter, it obviously is very warm and muggy okay. up here. So, this is like, okay, time to put the jackets away, time to bust out the shorts, short sleeve shirts, put on some sunscreen. <clears throat> um, so, the next day, the, our first full day on Fitzroy Island, we got in, uh, settled in, went through safety lessons, you know, how to treat the environment. Nice. Um, There's an introduction to snorkeling, which you had to do like a, like a duck dive. Okay. Yeah, to do like a really quick dive down, get get all the way down to the uh, floor of the ocean where okay. you were is only about six feet, mm-hmm. um, and then pop back up. Well, in doing this, I managed to plug one of my ears up, Uh-oh. like severely. Right. Like it, it took me most of the rest of the trip to oh, unplug no. that ear. Yeah, uh, it it took a really long time. It was really bad. It's the worst. Uh, it was. It was. It, it was really annoying because it was like just wearing an earmuff on one ear for a week, and not being able to hear people very well. Can I just? Can I just really quickly say, when I was a kid, I totally did not understand snorkels because when I'd put one on and go in a swimming pool, like you always see on TV, people have a snorkel and they go underwater. Uh-huh. You know, I go underwater with one of those things, and the water goes in my mouth just as much as it's going to go in if I don't have anything down there. It's not going to help me breathe at all. As a little kid, I kind of just magically thought the snorkel meant you could breathe underwater. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, it's a pipe that if it's not above water, you're just going to get water in your mouth. But exactly. anyway. Exactly. Right. I digress. That's all right. All right. That's all right. Um, so really, you know, the rest of the trip has got just a lot of science in it. Um there was one day, I think it was, I think it was day 16 where, um, there was a, uh, grasshopper spotted by the girl's bathroom. And then normally that's not a big deal, but this grasshopper was the size of my forearm. What do you mean the size of your forearm? Everything's bigger in Australia. It's like the like, world's Texas. But I mean, like, that's like a banana, right? Size of my forearm? How how big was your sixteen year old forearm? Probably pretty close to how big it is now, which is maybe about about twelve inches. Yeah, ten to twelve inches. You saw a ten inch grasshopper. It was huge. Is that like? Are you exaggerating? I am not exaggerating. Is this like a special species that a person could Google and see a picture of? Possibly. What did you do? Did you call the cops? 
No. We're on an island on the Great Barrier Reef. There are no cops. Dude. So what's this? Did everybody get out of bed and go like take pictures, or did um, they hide? I, or... I I I think some people took pictures. I don't have any copies of any pictures. I didn't have my camera with me at the time. Holy um, crap! But it was definitely it, there was definitely a lot of screaming because it was by the girls' bathroom, um, and I, there was I a lot of us going. I yeah, no, I, I get it. I totally get it. That's like a nightmare. It was huge. It oh was God. so big. We didn't. That's crazy. I mean. Bunch of California kids and some Arizona kids. We yeah. we didn't we didn't think anything like that got that big. I'd lose my shit. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let's see. There's there's more studying of marine life. Um. The evenings on Fitzroy Island. I mean, it was always nice because you know you've got the ocean right there. Um, and there's not a lot of light pollution. Okay. So, like, me and my group of friends, we would almost always, by the time, you know, dinner was done and the evening was winding down and the sun's down, we would just go hang out on the beach and literally stargaze. That's so cool. And it I, was... Know, go ahead. I mean, first of all, you're in the Southern Hemisphere, so you're probably getting, like, a, like a star show that, like, I've never seen. Oh, right? yeah. And, like, even that, I mean, like, I don't think I've seen stars in at least 10 years. It's so, it's so depressing. Could it get you out camping or something, dude? No, I know. Just like light pollution in general, and just no, oh, that's I, so cool, though. I get it. I get well, it. I mean, no, I remember. I mean, I remember at least one evening, literally, just you know, um, kind of at this point in the trip, you kind of get to be close enough uh, with your friends. Like, you know, there'd be some evenings you know, we would just like lay on the beach, kind of like linked arm in arm, and just kind of like staring up. Did you have the hots on anybody in your group? Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, I remember seeing satellites going over, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there were the occasional shooting stars, mm-hmm. um, but you're right. Yeah. The, the, uh, the constellations, I mean, I couldn't tell one from another. Mm-hmm. I was just like, none of these stars are familiar. Yeah. It's like, where's Orion? You it's know? Like, and it's on? like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm looking the other way in space. Right. Right. Um, so the next day, even even more science, we took a trip to a another island, a smaller island called Green Island. And you're thinking, oh, this is this is going to be all like totally natural and, you know, beautiful. But right. unfortunately, they they were in the middle of building a big old resort on this island. Oh, no. Yes, it was horrible. Like it was horrible. And, 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 and like uh, no, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of fencing up and, you uh, know, I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> green you, Island will not be green for much longer. You lose. And I, and I remember a few years ago, I actually, I think I, I looked up, um, I think I looked up Fitzroy Island. I think even Fitzroy Island has been kind of redone mm. a bunch. And it's just like, oh, man, no wonder the reef's dying. Oh. Um, Day after that, um, we we hiked to the top of the island that we were on 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 Fitzroy. Um, I'm pretty sure that night, however, this this is probably like the most legendary story of the entire trip. Okay. Um, so so that night there was going to be a talent show. Okay. Uh, and so I remember like our group of friends kind of all hanging out in one room going like, what are we going to do? Right. You know, what are we going to, what, what, what would, what would we do? Yeah. And at one point, I think, I think I suggest 
the Lumberjack song from Monty Python. From Monty Python. Yes. No way. And amazingly enough, a couple other people in the group know Monty Python. Oh, good. Um, and of course, it's the 90s. So, of course, I've got a flannel shirt. Um, did you have suspenders and a bra? Uh, no, but I did borrow a bra. Whoa. Here we go. <laughs> right. Luckily, put it, put it over a shirt. Okay. Put it over okay. a shirt. I did not go. I'm still chubby kid, so I did not, uh, did not go shirtless. So we figured, okay, here's, here's what we're going to do. Right. Right. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to do the lumberjack sketch, but we had so many people that I forget. We did this thing where um, six people in our group managed to uh, turn themselves into three people. Okay. So it's like, like the legs of one person, but the torso of another. Okay. So it, it's kind of like when you stick your arms through somebody else's armpits and you be their arms. Yeah. Kind of sure. thing. It was one okay. of those things. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and... I was the first one. Well, I was like one of only two guys in the group. And so I was the only guy who knew all the words to the lumberjack song. And so we thought, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a hoot if when we got to the suspenders and a bra line, I opened my flannel shirt and I was wearing somebody else's bra, obviously, because I didn't. Somebody else. Somebody else's bra. (laughs) Obviously. I wasn't wearing my own bra. I was wearing somebody else's bra. So, uh. I'm tired. Stop it. Um, no, that's hey, it, it's a free country, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. I love you. You're my brother. It, it, anyway. it, and okay, so it was, um, it was one of those things where I got up there, or we all got up there, obviously, um, and started into it, and like right off the bat, I'm so like I don't know if it's just stage fright or nervous. Uh, or excitement or whatever, but I managed to jump over like an entire verse. Uh-oh. Like I'm starting to flub it. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, you know, and then I, I managed to correct and I'm like, well, I'm just going to get to the part that everybody likes anyway yeah. and start singing that part and, and get to the suspenders in a bra part. And I think at that point in my life, I realized what it must be like when celebrities walk down the red carpet and literally like their entire field of vision is nothing but flash bulbs. Okay. It, All right. it, it, it went okay. over so big. Everybody, everybody's like, yeah, everybody was tripping out. Everybody was taking pictures. Like, like everybody's one of crazy. the, one of the guys who worked there just was cracking up and like, you know, like came up with like a, 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 a drink umbrella like it was a flower and was like like you know ooh ooh you know trying to <laughs> but it it was one of those things that that after the trip after we all got home and after after everybody had developed their film and everything i had more people send me photos of this moment from so many different angles there's like yeah there's like 50 photos of this one instant yes incident, you know <laughs> um but it just it went over huge everybody loved it it was hilarious <laughs> So somewhere, um, President Eisenhower is smiling down. You know, I was going to say turning in his grave, but okay. Or, well, you know, maybe he's you know, smiling down because he's up there with the Grays. You know what? At least you didn't sing the lumberjack song to the Mary in the or like the the welcoming ceremony. Oh my God! Right, that would have been terrible. <laughs> You're like asked to leave. That, yeah, they'd be Please like, leave mm, my village. Yeah, no, go away. You dishonored my village. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so great. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
the day after that, it was our last day on the reef. Um, so we went out to the outer reef to snorkel. Um, we, we did this thing on a glass bottom boat, kind of mm-hmm. got to check all this stuff. It's kind of funny because I, I have a picture from about this point in the trip of all our friends were, were out riding on, on you know the big boat to go somewhere. And I think at this point we're all feeling a little bit of trip fatigue because instead mm-hmm. of being like, woo, party time, we're on a trip, it, it it's like it's hot, it's muggy, mm-hmm. and like, Every single person in this picture is like, uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, one day we're having yeah. such a great time. I'm droopy dog, you know, um, thousand yard stare, yeah. pretty much. It just, it's one of those very telling photos where it's like, yeah, everybody's kind of ready to go home, I think. Right, right. Not to say we didn't have a great time. So, late afternoon, we take the ferry back to Cannes and we have, um, a farewell dinner at the Kunjal restaurant, which is an Aboriginal themed restaurant. Whoa. Okay. So yeah. And it, and it's not just themed. I mean, like they, they literally have entertainment. Okay. You know, so we've, we've got Aboriginal dancers. Um, we've got a variety of different, different foods. Was uh, there a didgeridoo? Oh yes. Oh, that's awesome. Oh yes. Okay. Um, uh, I tried kangaroo for the first time. When you say tried, do you mean ate? Ate. Kangaroo meat? I ate kangaroo meat. What like like what was it like? Um, it was completely over seasoned. I really didn't taste the meat at any point. Okay. Yeah. I guess like I mean, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks, oh, they're so cute, but then part of me thinks they're kind of like vicious, maybe like and then like kind of invasive a little bit. I don't yeah. know. A little bit. So yeah. A little bit. Um but uh yeah no that that was a fun time um and then uh our last day july 28th uh was particularly weird um well here i'll go through the the whole day you know breakfast at the hotel they had okay. our 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 science packets reviewed which honestly i swear they i think they just looked to see that we did something in them. right right it's like um, yep you you failed you have to go back to the reef right yeah it's like what we're going to do if it was empty <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> uh we had time to kind of go around town and visit some shops and and do some shopping um i i recall oh over the entire trip not just in this one particular town i remember buying some uh, some opal jewelry. Oh, that's cool. Um, I know I bought some music cassettes. Um, I bought a Kraftwerk album, German <laughs> gran- granddaddies of German techno, uh, <laughs> called The Mix. Uh, my friend Michelle, she she bought um, like it, it's kind of like alternative, like grunge music was just coming mm-hmm. to New Zealand at this point. She bought a tape called The Trip. Okay. It was like it was like here's your here's your grunge music sampler. Oh, okay. So the other day, I actually decided to try and Google search this album. Right. Just like what was on it, you know? Because um, I I wasn't the one who bought it. So amazingly enough, I couldn't believe this. Mm-hmm. A um, uh, on Spotify, a New Zealand based company person. Okay. I don't know. Um, actually made a playlist of all those songs that was on that album so i could basically listen to that album oh wow and i was like oh my god it apparently was an entire series like there were nine the trip volume seven yeah basically okay 
you know, here's here's this year's, you know, grunge alternative music sampler. Okay. Um, but it, it really, that kind of just blew my mind because I remember the cover art of this album really, really clearly. And, and when, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, that's it. Nice. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so uh, that night we had uh, dinner at the hotel and then we uh, boarded the plane to LA from Cannes at about nine o'clock that night. So the weird thing was we had two july 28ths oh the dateline or whatever because we crossed the dateline oh that's a trip so we had so we skipped a day come in we left on like july 7th and arrived july 9th so you never had a july 8th 1993 in your life uh basically oh that's so trippy we might i mean we might have in fiji Mm. i'd literally have to like plot out the times to be sure but yeah we basically skipped over a day and then we had a 48 hour long july 28th that's a trip man it was very weird it was very weird so did you like uh new zealand better or australia better man that is that's such a tough thing to pick because i really i love both countries Mm. i mean to this day i still i still love everything to do with both countries but seeing as how there's a town in new zealand that i would absolutely retire to if i could i think new zealand will edge out New Australia. Zealand rhinos, yeah. Yeah, just a bit. And, you know, it's funny because I, I suddenly just, just as you said that, mm-hmm. I remember a shirt, like a a gag shirt I remember seeing in a shop mm-hmm. that totally embodies, like, the the rivalry that New Zealand and Australia have. Mm-hmm. And on it, it said, how far can a kiwi... Mm-hmm. And so here's this big cartoon kiwi bird standing on New Zealand pissing on Australia. Uh-oh. And I remember thinking that was so funny. You know, it's weird because I had this, like, Im- image in my mind that you got to go to Ayers Rock. But no. obviously you didn't get to see nope. Ayers Rock. And no. did you did you ever, my last, and I know we, I still, you still have to talk about the Kiwi Clan. But my my last question was, did you ever see this animal that they have the, over there called a cassowary? Not that I recall. Oh, my God. Not that like, I recall. I was watching some nature documentary like five years ago and they had a cassowary on it and I lost my shit. Like this thing's a freaking dinosaur. Yeah. Like it looks like a, well, an ostrich, but it's like not, it's like a dinosaur. It's, oh my God. It just, I freaking lost my shit. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's all it's, right. Uh, now you you have some post uh, trip notes here in the show notes, right? Uh, a little bit, yes. You know, I, st- I stay close with this, this group of friends. Um, uh, we'd get together periodically um, I remember at one point Kim from Arizona, she came up to look at colleges. So we all got together. Um, but one of the things, uh, we started calling ourselves the Kiwi clan. Um, I remember this. Yeah. Time. Right. Um, uh, and we, we called ourselves that because I, I basically bought this little keychain that was this little like cartoon Kiwi fruit mm-hmm. had little googly eyes, you know, the mouth area was kind of scooped open. Like it was smiling. I still have it. Oh, nice. Amazingly enough. Um, And so I started, um, I think it was a monthly, I think it was monthly, uh, newsletter, like a print newsletter. Like like a dot matrix. Like a very dot matrix, all, you know, typed out uh, newsletter that I would literally do every month detailing what all of us were up to. And I'd send it out to everyone to keep us all in touch. Like with a stamp. 
Yes. Like, yeah. That's a, yes. That's a, please tell me you have a shoebox somewhere with lots of these I have books. none of them, I don't think. Oh, are you serious? Dead serious. Oh, that breaks my heart. Because I wouldn't send them to myself. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that... <laughs> oh, that Oh, that breaks my heart. Yeah, I'm oh. I'm pretty darn certain I don't have any of those. Oh, jeez. I remember what they look like. Yeah? You know? But, yeah, I don't have any of them. Oh, man. Lost to oh. the annals of history. What years do you think it was active? Um, uh, It was, you know, probably the, the rest of 93, 94. I think I might have been even doing it as late as 96. Oh, my God. Wow. I, I was doing it for a while. And that just shows how much this trip meant to you, really. Yeah, it meant a huge deal to me. Absolutely yeah. did. Yeah. Um, you know, had some experiences I, I, I don't think I ever would have had mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, made some friends that, that I absolutely would not have had otherwise. In fact, like the very next year, uh, uh, in, in July, while you were on your trip, mm-hmm. um, I had uh, I went down to Arizona to visit my friend Kim. Mm-hmm. got to see you know phoenix and sedona and meteor crater and stuff and then without skipping a beat she flew up to san jose with me and i took her all around san francisco and san jose and santa cruz and stuff like that that's cool man um yeah oh totally you know the, awesome. just yeah <laughs> so there's my trip long long winded let's hit your trip one year later. Of course, being the younger brother, any cool thing that my older brother did, I immediately stomped my feet and told mom and dad that I had to have the same experience or same toy or same uh, same whatever, you know? You were not a foot stomper. <laughs> well, so, um, of course, 1994 rolls around, and um, People to People that year was having a, a similar um, student ambassador trip. Um, now, it, it was basically my memory that this People to People organization you didn't really get to choose where you wanted to go in the world. It was more like, this is where our package tour is going this year. So take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And you went, of course, to the Southern Hemisphere. And the 94 trip that I was on went to the old country, went to Europe. It was a trip going through the countries of Hungary, Austria, and Italy. So I, uh, of course, signed up for that and uh, went through all the preparatory classes and me and about 30 other high school students. Um, of course, I'm about 15 years old right now. It's the summer between freshman and sophomore year in high school. So there's 30 of us students. There's three adult chaperones, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have about three or 400 photographs of the trip still. And the only other thing I've been able to find was my old travel diary that I kept, which uh, tr- I'm going to read transcribed portions of in tonight's episode. Um, it's kind of fun because my travel diary, it's probably one of the earliest surviving things I've been able to find that actually gives some sense of my personality back then, mm-hmm. which just kind of blew my mind, actually, just rereading it for the first time in, you know, 30 years or whatever, you know. Um, but, uh, I mean, one thing right off the bat, and I don't know if you had this experience or not, but my group, my people to people group. We all had to wear these god awful teal shirts with the people to people logo. Oh yeah. And we also had these chunky plastic name tags that had our names on them and said like student ambassador or some ridiculous crap. Mm-hmm. 
And like, I don't know if your group had those, but we had them. And there were like certain parts of the trip where like we were manda- mandated to wear them. So we would all yeah. maybe be easy to find and corral. You I know? do remember that. Holy crap. Um, and uh, so basically for, for my trip, um, the first stop was a flight from San Francisco to Budapest, Hungary. Mm-hmm. Which is just a trip because, I mean, here we are, we're going to the, you know, what was only just about three years earlier behind the Iron Curtain. Um, And I was taking a look at my travel diary. And for the entry, Tuesday, July 5th, 1994, uh, it reads as follows. Had to wake up at 3 a.m. to get ready for leaving. Uh, Went to the airport and followed the signs to the terminal. I checked my luggage, which was very small compared to the others, and went to the gate. The flight was about five hours long, and it was spent mostly mainly dozing, reading the weekly world news, and watching card games. (laughs) We finally landed in New York. New York was hot, humid, smoggy, and generally it was what you would expect. Everyone in NY smoked and looked crooked. Um, And then it said... uh, some of us got in the shuttle, which took us to the plane. This was the plane that was going to take us from New York to Budapest. Um, and uh, the plane was full of student ambassadors, other American travelers, Hungarians going home, Mexican tourists on a tour rather similar to ours, and Hasidic Jews. A Hungarian couple were in my seat. They said they were seated apart but want to be seated together, so I sat in the man's seat. My neighbor was a foreigner, so I thought he was Hungarian. He spoke little English, but I soon found out that he was Mexican. He spoke little English, um, and his name was Caesar, and with my small knowledge of Spanish, coupled with a forgetful summer, we communicated very well. <laughs> Everything in the plane is Hungarian, in, in Hungarian and in English, which is very interesting. Some of the music is just crazy as really good polka, and historical shows are shown instead of movies. So anyway, so then we arrive in Budapest. And the airline, it was like, it's called, it was, it's out of business now, but it was some Hungarian airline called like Magev or Maglev. Really? I was looking on Wikipedia today and it was like, apparently their air fleet was all these crazy old Soviet jetliners made by the Tupolev Aircraft Company. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's like, I was really flying in some style here, you know? That's crazy. Oh man, that, that, I'd be terrified and fascinated all at the same time. Totally. And so anyway, so here's uh, the diary entry for the next day, Wednesday, July 6th. We finally arrived in Budapest. The airport was fairly small and communist looking. It was crawling with paratroopers. Budapest is hot, humid, full of European foliage, and all the cars are tiny. The city is full of historical places and narrow back streets. We got to the hotel and went to our rooms. The TV gets Euro MTV, CNBC, Star Trek, and not much else. I think we got a great a great group here. Of all the subgroups forming, I want to be part of all of them. <laughs> so at this point, I really have to say that you know the uh, the whole trip. There's a couple things that kind of stood out in the sense that it was universal, no matter what country or city we were in. Mm-hmm. The first thing was that the band Aerosmith had a new song, a hit song out called "Crazy." Yep. And the music video seemed to be on every single television, radio, and speaker all the time throughout my entire trip to Europe. And in fact, let's just take this moment and listen to a very few seconds of the song Crazy right here. Now, I could, but I shouldn't talk for hours alone just about this music video. 
I mean, oh my god, it's probably the dirtiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Holy crap! Anyway, um, the other constant themes throughout the whole trip was that there were basically three types of meals we would eat. There were some meals that we would eat that were home-cooked meals with the homestay families. There were some meals eaten by us when we had free time to go to any restaurant of our choosing. And then we had the meals that were provided to us in the uh, hotels that we stayed at, the pre-prepared meals, which I can only assume were the absolute cheapest meals you could get because no matter what country or hotel or city we were staying at, each and every single meal appears to have been fried chicken and french fries. And by the end of the trip, it became like this running joke. We were only going to eat fried chicken and french fries. So that was Mm. kind of weird. The other weird thing was every time you'd stop at like a little kiosk or something to get a bottle of water while you're on the streets or in some country, it was crazy because the default bottle of water they would sell you would always be carbonated. It wouldn't be flavored, but it would always be carbonated. And it was such a shock because I just wanted a nice little like cold bottle of water to refresh myself. And all of a sudden I get bubbles coming out my nose. (laughs) That was a trip. Okay, let's back to the travel diary. Friday, July 8th, 1994. Finally, all the homestay families showed up. I ended up staying with Matthew Kovacs, his dad, Laszlo, and his younger brother, David, and his stepmom. They live in two flats in an apartment in the Buddha side of town. Next day, Sunday, July 10th. Woke up and had some muesli with chocolate milk for breakfast. Marty and I left to go up Yon Mountain. We took some buses and finally took a ski lift to the top. We then started on a nature hike and had some lunch about midway. Soon after, somebody's dog came bounding from the trees, and Marty was frightened that it was a wild boar. Then we went down and grabbed a bus for home. We watched The Goonies in Hungarian and Gremlins in English. I answered some questions about America while explaining who O.J. Simpson was. (laughs) Marty told his friends about the media freeding frenzy along with the fact that he was the black guy in the Naked Gun movies. Well, that is a good way to identify him. <laughs> um, another thing, uh, Jona Potkivanuk, the introduction I gave at the beginning of the podcast, was the only thing I knew in Hungarian. And in fact, there was one part of the trip when we were on a bus tour up to a little town in Hungary when the tour guide asked us, the whole group, if anybody knew anything in Hungarian. And after a few awkward seconds where nobody raising their hand, I finally shouted out Jona Potkivanuk. And I think it kind of saved the reputation of my whole little group, you know? Nice. Um, another really weird thing, I realized looking back now that during my whole trip that a lot of the things I did and said on the, on the whole, on the whole trip, um, I thought were actually kind of interesting or funny, but looking back on it now, I was just the God awful worst example of a dumb American tourist ever. <laughs> like some of the crap I'm pulling, I'm just tearing my heart out. Like for instance, let me give you a perfect example you know, back in the 80s and 90s, I'm a little kid. I'm I'm loving books on history, books, documentaries about World War II. I love all the, you know, the model kits, the World War II fighter plane model kits at like, at, you know, D&J Hobbies and stuff like that. And right before we went on this trip, of course, uh, tragically, the former Yugoslavia erupted into a brutal civil war um, with all sorts of genocide and horrible things going on. And, of course, my reaction was not, oh, this is the horror of our time, but, oh, wow, there's a European war going on. You know, that means there's going to be more model kits and more documentaries and all sorts of crap. (laughs) So here I am. I'm in Hungary. And of all the luggage I packed to go over there, um, one of the things I packed were these shirts that I had purchased in California. 
three different shirts, each one emblazoned with the flag of the three main um, belligerents in the war, Croatia, Serbia, and uh, Bosnia. And on this whole trip, especially when I'm in Hungary, which is like basically only 200 miles away from where the, the genocide was happening at that exact moment, I'm like bouncing around Budapest wearing each day a different shirt, like representing the flag of each of the different three warring parties. You know what I mean? And it was like my sick way of like trying to be like, wow, it's like there's a war on and I'm that's really cool. And it's not really cool because genocide's not cool. But it's like looking back at my travel photos, I have these just horrible shirts. And it's like I can remember like walking through the streets of Budapest with my sheepish home family, me wearing the Serbian shirt and people just like looking at me like I'm a, like a terrorist or something wow. like that. Anyway. The other really neat thing, Budapest, the communist government was, from what I understand, they were always too poor to tear down the beautiful old buildings in town. Mm -hmm. So Budapest became kind of like the go-to destination for um, film crews looking to recreate places like Paris in the 1950s and stuff like that. So it was just drop-dead gorgeous. It was so cool. Um, we we got to go to this one crazy town called Estergom, and there was this uh, huge basilica church there, and they had the um, largest painting on a single canvas anywhere in the world. It's not the world's biggest painting, but it's the world's biggest painting that's a single canvas painting, mm -hmm. which, like crazy big. Um, got to go to the National History Museum and see the the crown of Hungary, which is about a thousand years old. Wow. Um, and uh, Jimmy Carter used to have it. It ended up in the in the, in, in the states after World War II, um, and it's really funny because like 400 years ago, somebody put it in a box that it was too small, and it like bent the little crown on the top of the or the little cross on the top of the crown. Jeez! Oh, but they never fixed it. It became like this thing, so it's like it's this celebrated thing, but it's kind of like banged up a bit. Wow! Um, and then like my group of students that I'm traveling with, you know, I had my kind of little clique that mm -hmm. I hung out with. There was uh, people, uh, David, Chris, Adam, Debbie, Yadira, and we played tons of card games all the time, and we also played tons of games of Truth or Dare. Oh, that was boy. kind of like the running uh, theme of the trip. And you know, it's interesting, because looking at the travel diary, every other page is somebody signing their name to an IOU that they basically were lost a gam like a, a gambling debt during the card game or something like that, <laughs> which is a trip. So Budapest was great. I got to stay with the home family. It was really interesting. I learned that people in Hungary, every time they have their names written on like a business card or on a door, like they always put the last name first. Okay. Like every circumstance, which I thought was kind of interesting. So then after we were done with our trip to Hungary, we went, we went down to Vienna and Austria was really cool too. Um, we got to ride the uh, Wiener Reisen, Reisenrand, mm -hmm. which is basically like one of the world's largest Ferris wheels. Okay. Um, and actually, it's really neat because it was in an Orson Welles movie, like um, when he tried to like throw some guy outside the Ferris wheel to kill him, kind of thing. Okay. Um, which is fun. Um, I got to eat Wiener Schnitzel for the first time. Like, I don't know if you've ever had. Real, what re, real wiener schnitzel before i've only had the chili cheese ones you've only had the chili cheese yeah i hey i thought it was going to be a hot dog but it's actually some sort of like breaded veal cutlet and it was yeah delicious that's right. it was yeah. so good nice um the hotel we stayed at in vienna was amazing because the budapest hotel was kind of like very you know very um spartan very um you know very communist you know the one mm -hmm. in vienna was kind of like a palace um, and just like you, every time I'm traveling around 
you know, Vienna or Budapest, I'm always looking out for the old Volkswagens. Um, right. Got, yeah. got a great photo in Budapest of an old uh, barn door bus, um, which was pretty cool. Um, I guess from the 50s, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, barn door buses were from the 50s. Oh, it's just so neat. And that that um, was the one where I told the story last month where I stuck that uh, photo up on a on a big VW website and, and actually found the owner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, got to climb the spire of the main cathedral in Vienna called St. Stephen's Cathedral, which looking back on it now, I can barely cl- climb one flight of stairs, you know, which just <laughs> blows my mind. Um, and then we got to go to the... Uh, our second homestay family. I mean, you you did a homestay family, but um, we all had one Hungarian homestay family and then an Austrian homestay family that we got okay. to stay with. Um, we got split up, and we all stayed in different little towns. I ended up t- staying in a really tiny farming village called Zobern, um, which I've actually briefly me- mentioned on a previous episode of this podcast. Um, and the, the thing of it is that... Um, Everybody in the group was supposed to stay with a homestay family that had a child that was the same gender as the student ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, in my group, there was a girl in our group who had the last name Nelson, like our, like our last name. Mm-hmm. So there was a paperwork mix-up. And so basically, I'm dropped off in this tiny village, and I have to live with this family for a couple of days. And they're expecting an American girl, and their child is a girl. And mm-hmm. I, I ain't a girl. I'm a guy. So there's some confusion going on. Um, and I ended up staying with this family. They had to rig up a bed sheet in the bedroom so that I wouldn't see her and she wouldn't see me. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, back to the diary. Thursday, July 14th, 1994. The village of Zoburn is extremely small, but neat, clean, friendly, and picture perfect. I tried asking the guide's kid if they knew my homestay family. But they thought I was asking if Silka, Silka is the girl, had a boyfriend. I stayed with Silka Sippel and her mother, Crystal, and father, Robert. Silka is 16, parentheses, and does have a boyfriend, close parentheses, and is very beautiful. But that is not to say that I love her. I think she thinks so. So I will try to prove that I want to be friends. The house is very Swiss-slash-Austrian-like, big, clean, and comfortable. Only Silka speaks limited English, and with not much to do, I wonder what will happen. Oh, boy. Right. And, um, and so anyway, so I'm living with this crazy family, and they don't, they don't speak any English. I don't speak any German, and Silka knows about 10 words of English. And by this point, you know, my luggage is filled with random books that I purchased in Vienna or Budapest about coats of arms and heraldry. So half the time I'm trying to sit her this girl down and trying to get her to translate these heraldry books into me into English, um, with really dense you know academic vocabulary, and she knows about ten English words, and that's not happening. Yet. That's <laughs> not making it. Um, for some reason, the family made these sandwiches that we would eat at lunch that were like tuna fish sandwiches, but they were like the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my life. Nice. Which I still can't understand because Austria is like a landlocked country. So it's like, what's with all the great seafood, right? They have lakes, right? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I remember uh, I finally got to meet Silka's boyfriend who actually owned a motorcycle and I got to ride on the back of it. Um, wow. It's the only time in my life I've ever ridden on a motorcycle. I'm not um, a motorcycle person, so hats off to you. I, I wasn't smart enough to realize you're not supposed to drag your shoes on the ground as it drives, which oh, I did. So uh, that was kind of interesting. Oh, boy. Um, 
Zoburn itself is just, it's so beautiful because it's an incredibly rural agricultural area. So you just walk along these paths and villages and there's cows lowing in the fields and green rolling hills as far as the eye can see. Nice. Um, uh, there's also up in the hills right around Zoburn, the ruined 13th century castle Zygersburg in the mountain, which was just amazing. In fact, according to my diary entry for July 16th, quote, I had dinner and met Silka's grandpa. We then met at the school parking lot at 730 and marched up to the castle. It was really cool and everybody had a great time. Some people dressed up as ghosts and there was even a legend exclamation point. Okay. And it was so neat because it's this, it's like, just imagine... Um, living in a place where you go up to a hill and there's like this ruined castle where you could just hang out and have a party in. Like it just, yeah. it was just, and it wasn't, there was nothing, um, there was nothing uh, touristy about it at all. It wasn't like there was a ticket you could buy. I mean, there wasn't handrails or anything. Like you could literally really fall down and hurt yourself. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, and in fact, uh, I have some great photos of, uh, as I've mentioned on a previous episode, I had a suitcase full of, World Weekly News tabloid newspapers that I brought on this trip because I thought that was a good thing to bring. Um, and I busted them out and uh, tried to get all my new Austrian friends to read about, you know, Bat Boy and things like that. I um, remember seeing these pictures, yes. Right, right. Um, let's see. It was also kind of awkward because, you know, kind of like my Budapest thing with, like, the genocide t-shirts, like, I thought it would, like, be really witty and, like, try to make jokes with these people, but, like... There was that. There was this one really awkward point where I tried to get the girl Silka to translate a joke I had just invented into German to tell her mother, oh, boy. and it and it was a joke about uh, how maybe about eighty years earlier, the crown prince of Austria committed suicide in a in a, a hunting lodge about fifty miles away from Zobern. Oh boy! Yeah, so it's like here I am, like trying to explain a joke about the crown prince committing suicide and she was horrified when she finally understood what i was trying to get across so i mean it was just it was i was not a very good yeah eisenhower's not smiling down on any of this part right now eisenhower is basically shaking his head so anyway so you know the homestay thing's over you know uh all of us students meet up and you know gather up as a group again and we're, we're kind of getting on our road now from from vienna now we're heading into venice venice italy um, so, uh, back to the travel diary, Monday, July 18th, 1994, uh, early in the morning, I got up and saw Italian paratroopers call th- crawl through our train car. I tried to ask them if Brazil or Italy won, but they thought I was just asking what country I was in. So nice. a little bit of backstory. So the 1994 FIFA world cup final soccer game was taking place in the Rose bowl in Pasadena. On July 17th, 1994, at the exact same time that our night train was making the journey across the um, Austrian-Italian frontier. Mm -hmm. And the finals, it was Brazil versus Italy. And all of my friends and I on the trip realized that if Italy won the World Cup, the next week or two that we're going to be spending in Italy would just be a nonstop party. And we were really excited. Um, and of course, this being kind of a pre-internet age, we really had no way to find out real time who won the game, um, other than to try to stop these Italian border troops and try to ask them, you know, who won. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, none of us could speak any Italian and they couldn't speak English. Um, so we were just asking them over and over Brasilia, Italia, Brasilia, Italia, hoping that they would realize, okay, they're asking who won the World Cup. 
And they all looked really confused and kept saying, Italia, Italia, Italia. And so all of us thought they were saying that Italy had won the World Cup. And no we one, were all... No we one thought to high, say football? We were, no, we were, we, we were even like making like kicking gestures with our feet. You know what I mean? Oh, God. So we're all high-fiving each other. And we're like, oh, this is great. Italy's won. Italy's won. And then we get to Venice and it turns out Brazil actually won. So looking back, the only thing I can think is that the Italian border guards must have thought we were asking, what country have we just entered, Italy or Brazil? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my God, these like, you know, all, all these stereotypes of the dumb American tourists are just crystallizing and coming true in front of our eyes, basically. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, how stupid do they think we are? <laughs> Which we were really that stupid, I guess. Anyway, so here we are. We're in Venice. Um, and I, you know, we get off the, the train. We're, um, you know, now in the city. Um, and we have like a little Italian or a little Venetian tour guide lady. Um, and of course, at this point, I've already kind of, you know, uh, soiled the good reputation of Americans through my obnoxious behavior so far. So, of course, what do you think the first thing I ask the tour guide? What do you think the very first thing out of my mouth is? Well, I'm... I mean, I've, I've already worn, I've already worn these genocide T-shirts in Budapest. I've already made jokes about crown princes committing suicide in Austria. What do you think the first thing I'm going to talk about in, in Venice is? I'm looking at the show notes, so I know the answer. Okay. So, yes, of course, the very first thing out of my mouth is I'm asking about the mafia. I'm asking about Italian organized crime. And this poor tour guide who just wants to show us the sights and the grand tour and the lovely art and the history of an amazing America, amazing world city is just, you know, having to babysit this stupid American wanting to know about the mafia. I you, want to tell you, me about the mob. You are admittedly about as subtle as a hand grenade. Oh, it's so bad. And it's like... The other thing was, like, I remember all the classes before our trip, like, they would drill into us over and over again, watch out for pickpockets, watch out for pickpockets. Mm-hmm. I had this, like, weird, you talked about wearing a bra. I had this weird thing that was almost like a bra that I wore under my clothes with all my passport and traveler's oh, checks. Oh, yeah, things. yeah, yeah. And, like, but, and so I never got pickpocketed, but a lot of my fellow students did get pickpocketed. And... I had this like really weird system that I thought was genius about how to avoid pickpockets, not only wearing this weird contraption, but like I had this conscious effort, like every 10th person I saw, like they could be another tourist, it could be a local, whatever. I would like point at them and call them a pickpocket because I thought statistically at, at some point, one of these people I'm pointing at and calling out to be a pickpocket really would be a pickpocket. And then that would be great because then they wouldn't pick my pocket. They'd like run away or something like that, you know? (laughs) So yet again, uh, being the master of salty. uh, Anyway, so we ended up staying in a hotel in Venice that used to be an old monastery. And the thing about Italy, it was cool and all, but it was the the only of the three countries where we didn't actually get to stay with a host family. Mm -hmm. And that really made it just not as cool, I guess, because, I mean, maybe part of it was we were getting burnt out, like how you were getting burnt out in Australia near the end of your trip. But it just, I mean, we saw the most beautiful things in Italy, but it was super touristy stuff. I never felt like we were really seeing the real stuff. We never really got a home-cooked meal like we got in Budapest or Zobern or things like that, you know? And I, and I can imagine you would want a home-cooked meal in Italy. Exactly, right. I mean, we got to see, you know, all the picture perfect stuff like the gondolas canals palaces the little islands where they make you know famous glass and laces mm-hmm. uh, but eventually we got back on the train and headed off to florence 
uh, showed up in Florence. Uh, according to the uh, the tour diary, Thursday, July 21st, 1994, we walked to the Uffizi Gallery. We saw the bomb blast area and got in. I saw Leonardo's, Michelangelo's, and got yelled at for using the flash on my camera. Tara had her pockets picked. So anyway, so the bomb blast area, that's an actually kind of an interesting side note. There was actually a bomb blast, and uh, it was a bombing. It was a terrorist attack uh, carried out by the Sicilian Mafia very early on the morning of May 27th, 1993, outside the Uffizi Gallery. Um, it was a car bombing uh, carried out in a Fiat full of explosives. Mm-hmm. Uh, killed five people, destroyed buildings, um, and actually damaged a number of paintings in the Uffizi Gallery. So we were kind of seeing the. It was about a year later, but it was still a pretty huge crater that was getting repaired, basically. Wow. Um, and then Friday, July twenty second, uh, my I wrote my diary. We went to a youth camp. Actually, it was a compound of res- religious zealots called Lupiano. It really scared me, and they only wanted our money. Later, we had a good meal and played volleyball, so it wasn't all that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I I have a really distinct memory of this, but I had no concept of what this group was. It turns out there was a town called Lopiano, um, founded in 1964 near, Flen- near Florence on donated land. Um, and it's, it's basically um, uh, a place where people can live uh, kind of – it's like a Christian religious commune kind of situation. Okay. Um, and, uh, on average, uh, about 40,000 visitors passed, passed through this little community, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, we went on tons of little side trips in Tuscany to little towns like Pisa, saw the Leaning Tower. I was nice. more fascinated with like the huge giant weights that they had put on the other side of the tower. So it wouldn't fall over too far, mm-hmm. kind of pull it back the right direction. I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of cool. Um, went to a fun town called Siena. One really crazy town called Volterra, which is famous for alabaster carving. That was kind of fun because um, you were mentioned earlier the free time aspect of the trip. Um, uh, every once in a while, we got to go off basically on our own and just, you know, entertain ourselves, fend for ourselves, spend our own money. And uh, one of my one of my friends on the trip and I found a little pizzeria run by an old couple who couldn't speak any English, and we were starving. Um, so we thought we would order a pizza, a pepperoni pizza, to be precise. And we kept saying the word pepperoni because obviously we're thinking, you know, we had grown up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, who doesn't know what a pepperoni pizza is, basically, right? Yeah. So apparently, from what I can gather, pepperoni isn't what Italians call pepperoni. So we got the pizza out of the oven and started eating it and realized there was no pepperoni on the pizza, except uh, the only topping was bell peppers. So Interesting. Apparently, pepperoni translates to bell peppers, I guess, which is interesting. Um, oh, I also got to eat at a def- now defunct Italian fast food restaurant chain that was a clone of McDonald's called Burgies. B u r g h y apostrophe s. <laughs> Burgies. Okay. Yeah, and that was in the diary, and I really wish I had more memories of what Burgies was like. I really couldn't even find much on the internet, actually. Wow. Um, so anyway, we finally ended up down in Rome. Um, and got to see a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we got to go to um, the ancient Roman catacombs, um, the underground city of the dead. Um, nice. which, the ones we actually visited, it was the catacomb where they have uh, the ancient Christian Saint uh, Saint Sebastian, my namesake, who was martyred. So we got to see 
the um, alleged arrows from like the two or the three hundreds or whatever that were shot into him to kill him. Wow. Um, which are probably, you know, not that old actually, but um, we got to see the Colosseum. I think in my diary, I read, I wrote that I was really disappointed because it felt like it was really small on the inside. Um, we got to go to a little, a little uh, suburb called Tivoli mm-hmm. where the Roman emperor Hadrian built this crazy villa that was like something straight out of Las Vegas. And it's now just ruins, but even the ruins are just um, really magnificent. Um, nice. the, the Vatican, of course, we got to visit the Vatican. The thing I remember the most about that, there's an old medieval bronze statue, allegedly of St. Peter, and um, it's it's considered good luck to rub his foot. So I rubbed his foot, but so many people have rubbed his foot over the past thousand years that his foot, the rest of the statue looks fine, but his foot looked like this weird amorphous blob, basically, which wow. is kind of a trick. Yeah. Um, let's see what else, uh, there was, um, there's this place in Rome called the Spanish steps. Yeah. And it's this famous like outdoor plaza staircase thing, I think Mm -hmm. next to the Spanish embassy. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like the, like the place to hang out. So whenever my friends and I had free time, we would always go like, just hang out and lay on these steps basically. And like, there would be people there, uh, like vendors selling stuff you could buy, um, the really big thing back then was like to get these they weren't really friendship bracelets but it was like the same thing but you would be in your hair like if you were a girl or if you're a guy with long hair basically okay um we went to this super cheesy restaurant that had a um replica of a famous ancient roman it's carving or sculpture in rome um that translates it looks like basically a big face with a mouth that's open yeah and um uh the legend is, of course, if you put your hand in the, the mouth and you tell a lie, it will hurt you. So it's called the mouth of truth. Hmm. Um, and, of course, we didn't go see the original one, which is probably just blocks away. We saw the cheesy replica one at the cheesy uh, tourist restaurant we went to that had um, light-up electric light bulbs in the eyes of the statue. So you could put your hands in and take gag photos with the lights turning on. That was nice. kind of fun. One of the weirdest moments in Rome, we were kind of walking around. This must have been on free time. And there was a uh, magazine photo shoot going on. And there was a guy who looked exactly like Fabio, who was getting photographed. He was some sort of male model. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if he was an actor or whatnot. Um, But all of us kind of just thought, oh, there's something going on. So we all walked over there and, and we all started taking pictures along with the camera crew. So I have amongst all my photos of museums and ancient statues, these like random like headshots of some male model and then photos of like the girls in our group getting autographs from this guy and like in 30 years i've never been able to figure out who the hell this guy is it was he just a model was he an actor was he famous or anything like that Mm -hmm. so that was kind of weird anyway uh fast forward to thursday july 28th 1994 and the diary entry for my flight home i slept most of the flight and finally landed in sfo I found my family right away and went to get my luggage. I felt really out of place with my family, and I feel nervous. I've only just realized that that is because all of them, the whole delegation, was my family, and I love that family. There are so many things I must do. I have to sleep, unpack, develop photos, tell stories, hear stories, write to everyone so much. It has been the trip of a lifetime. Indeed. And, you know, it was really funny because um, one of the guys on my trip... Um, when he was in Rome, he purchased uh, an Armani suit. And on the flight back, 
maybe when we were like 20 minutes away from landing in SFO, uh, he got up out of his seat and he went into the, the restroom of the plane and changed into the Armani suit so that when he would walk off the plane with his family waiting for him, he'd be you know, sporting this beautiful Armani suit, which I just thought was the coolest thing that's ever happened in the history of coolness. Wow. Uh, so, wow, geez, we've gone all around the world. In, uh, we have. In a couple hours. It's been at least that long. This is going to be a new record for us. Man, oh man. I know. The one thing I'll say about your trip is I remember me, mom, and dad going to see Forrest Gump while you were gone and actually feeling a little bad that you weren't with us. (laughs) Well, thanks, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Well, uh, yeah. Um, Good times. Good times. But you know what? I'm really glad that we had these experiences. I'm glad that we had parents that were willing to indulge our our cravings to go on the on the grand tour and and to kind of spread our wings and learn more about different peoples and cultures and make new friends and all sorts Definitely. of great stuff. You know. Definitely, very it, worth it. Yeah. Um, so, Seb, what are we doing next time? Well, I think we're going to take a, a stroll down the memory lane of the television shows we watched on public television back in the day. That's right. Uh, classic televisions from britain america and beyond so i'm looking forward to it i think it's gonna be pretty good yeah it'll be an interesting oh i mean pbs was a big part of our lives growing up so there's gonna be lots of stuff to recount i'm sure definitely definitely all right well you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at memory serves pod you can follow me on twitter at blue box ufo and you can follow seb at clan mcmuffin indeed subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher heck wherever you consume podcasts just search up if memory serves and don't forget we are also on spotify please rate and review us that's how we get noticed by others and and even more so than that tell your friends like the old alpha beta commercials tell a friend and uh get them to listen to us uh you can also subscribe to us and all the shows on the Night of the Living Geeks Network on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Um, and if you want to get us one of our cool uh, If Memory Serves shirts, go check that out at notlg.spreadshirt.com. Get yourself some of that swag. And please, if you can, if you're in a position, we always appreciate it because it helps to keep making good content here. Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Morgan Willis does our intro and outro music. You can check him out on Facebook. Just search up Morgan Willis. His name is all in caps. Can't miss it. He's also on Twitter at MorganWillis82. And check him out on SoundCloud. Just search him up. Well, that is it for April. Hope you guys have, did it. Yeah. Had a wonderful time jet setting with us. And we will talk to you next month. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Dad was making like models and stuff again. Oh shoot! <laughs> you mind if I go get that? It might be the Comcast people. Yeah, go ahead. Um,